This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. When I have questions or concerns about anything of the National Basketball Association, I go to my bat phone and I dial Han. You know, like Bond, Han, Han Solo. You normally hear him with Barton Han, Monday through Friday, noon to three here on 98.7 ESPN, but I like him solo. Hi, hi, Alan. How are you, Larry? How you doing? Shout out to whoever played Logic for me coming in too. Oh, come on, we know, we, know, we know what you like. We Definitely know, we know. That. Come on, we take care of you. Yeah, like it. We take care of you, mm-hmm. Alan. Game one, and maybe it's me. So I want you to 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 see see if I'm wrong. This might have been one of the rare occasions that I think that Steph Curry might have not looked for his teammates in in many situations. He was hot, and he just looked to keep going even even when he cooled off. He had a first quarter that you were ready to hand him the finals MVP. Absolutely. And he was, you know, setting that tone. I'm telling you, the the, the Warriors always felt like they were in control of this game, even when they were trailing at half. I get it, all that stuff. But they always felt like they were in control. And then for, I mean, 17 straight points in that fourth quarter – it just flipped, and like I think everybody was sort of just caught off guard. Like the Celtics just got red hot, and the Warriors. Some of some of their role players weren't making shots. Get Steph Curry back in the game, and now he's you know obviously whatever he had going in the first quarter wasn't happening. Like it just it was just a quick strike moment that we see happen throughout an NBA game, but we to see it at the tail end of a game where a team completely just all the wind, all the momentum out of them. And you could see that look on Curry's face on the bench when they were showing the final score. He had that just dazed look of what the hell just happened. <laughs> I think we all had that same feeling. What just happened? And that's what Boston did. I say it. I, I stand by it. They stole game one. That's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. But yep. that's what they did. They stole game one. I don't think there's anything about that game that makes you say, well, that's going to now. That tells you about the series. No, it doesn't. It doesn't tell me anything about the series. They just stole that game. And now the Warriors are facing a situation where they gotta win tonight. I mean, Allen, they gave up forty points in the fourth quarter. Crazy, yeah, just crazy. Forty, seventeen straight in one stretch there, which was like just mind-boggling. <laughs> and, and like I said, it happened so fast. Yeah, Al Horford hitting threes, you know, Derek White hitting threes. You just like it wasn't. It it, it didn't. It was like a miss and then quick strike score. Come back, miss, quick strike score. It just was. Whoa, and and it just happened so fast. It really wasn't one. I've been talking about this all week. It just wasn't one thing that you could point to and say, let's just correct that and everything will be fine. It was one of those burst moments that teams can have, supernova moments that just flip a game, and they did it. And the Warriors just couldn't respond because they were as stunned as the rest of us. And what they allowed what they allowed Boston to do by missing all those shots was get the rebound and push the basketball. So they ended well, up playing Golden too. State basketball. Uh, that's right. <laughs> it's exactly what they did. They take they uh, when I say flip the script, that's what they did. You miss and we score fast. And it just it's that you know, it it's not even like in boxing, you know, you, you throw one and you miss your target and all of a sudden it's just boom boom. You know, you just all like you're looking at the, the lights in the ceiling because of just off of one miss. It can just stagger you, and that's that's usually what the Warriors do to their opponents. This time it was the Celtics doing it to them, and that's what this series is going to be about. Turnovers that turn into points because both teams turn the ball over, but also if you go cold, the other team can score fast on you, 
and you've got to be careful with that. Marcus Smart was pretty good defensively in that first game, uh, um, Allen. And mm-hmm. listen, we, we know that he's the defensive player of the year. We get it. But yep. you know, I thought – and look, it, it's just one game, as you mentioned. But I was a little surprised that he was able to stay with guys a little more than I thought he might be able to. Because you know how Golden State does their cuts and screens and stuff yep. like that? I thought he was going to be trailing some guys. He wasn't trailing them in game one. Yeah, no, the, the, you expect a lot of switching. But Marcus is a guy that fights over screens, so he won't want people to switch as much. Now, again, watch that first quarter, and you say, oh, my God. Like, you can't do anything with Steph Curry. But I, I, that's the thing. You the, the beauty of the Celtics, and, of course, I threw up my mouth saying it because it's the mm-hmm. Celtics. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of that team is exactly – is they are really like that that five-man unit more than anything. You know, they, they have their Jason Tatum. They have, obviously, Jalen Brown, who was great early in the fourth quarter and who should give credit to Brown – He's the reason why that all of a sudden things got loose for them offensively because he was just so good early on. That game could have been over fast mm-hmm. if he's not making points, if he's not scoring early in the fourth quarter. But that that's what you love about this team. And, and I've, I've said this many times. Larry, think of this. The Celtics are playing a Warriors team where it's sort of like looking potentially to the future mm-hmm. of what they could be. And then the mm-hmm. Warriors are looking at the Celtics almost looking into the past, saying that's what we were. Yeah. Look at these parallels. So they had a coach who got them to a certain point, Brad Stevens, Mark Jackson. They mm-hmm. make a coaching change to someone who's never coached before but understands the league really well, Steve Kerr, Ime Odoka. You get the the drafted stars, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Well, that's your, that's your Splash Brothers now, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You get your heart and soul glue guy, just does everything, dirty work, not afraid to do it. I, I can be a tough guy when I need to. I can play defense. I can also make big plays offensively. Marcus Smart, Draymond Green. You have the veteran that calms the room, that keeps everybody you know, in control, that's been around and understands everything, and, and guys look up to him. And in a pinch, I can give you a performance when you need it. And that's Al Horford, Andre Iguodala. Mm-hmm. Like, go back to that 2015 team. And if you want to go even further, you know, what, what Sean Livingston was off the bench for that team. You've got, you know, you've got guys off the bench for the Celtics. If you want to say Peyton Pritchard, if you want to say Derek White, like whatever it is, you've got – it's all there. So I, I, I love the parallels between these two teams as they kind of they know who each other are. Like, you, you're our future and you're our past, and they're meeting in the present, and it's a, it's a compelling matchup. It really is, and as a Nick fan, it's frustrating to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should be a blueprint. I'll tell you that. No. We always it's a copycat lead, and we, you know we always look at teams and how did they have their success? What did they do? Well, for a lot of times, it's oh sure, LeBron just attracted all these stars, and they went to L.A. and they won a championship, or or they attracted all these stars to Miami and they won a championship, or Cleveland they won a championship. Uh, what did Toronto do? Yeah, well, they just traded for Kawhi Leonard and they won a championship. You know, like it just seems like I just waved a magic wand and I had this great year. But Boston wasn't built that way. They went through some heartaches of losing in the conference finals a couple of times. They went through early this season. Oh, they got to split up Tatum and Brown. Listen to all the talking heads like us. No, no, we're not splitting those two guys up. We'll figure it out. And that's what they did. And you love that. But so, you know, like everything's copycat. So if you are the Knicks... That's what you should be looking at. It's not just what Boston's doing, but it's what Golden State has been doing and maintained. Did they blow everything up, Larry? No. Did they? Did they? KD left. Clay got hurt. Wow, he's never going to be the same again. Now Steph's are. Oh, they're in the lottery now. Ah, blow this thing up. He's, Kerr's not going to be. Kerr's done. 
let, like just start over, right? That's what everybody would have said. But the Warriors are like, no, 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 no. Our, our guys are in their early 30s still. There's another run here with this group. We just got to get through this, get everybody healthy, make a couple of adjustments, but our culture stays the same, and we can get back to the mountaintop. And they did. So there's a lot to be said about just trusting what you do, having some patience, and knowing that you're going to go through adversity. It's how you handle that adversity as a franchise is, is really what makes you. Not, not just quick strike, quick move, or the, that, that just give it up and blow it up kind of mentality that a lot of people have. You recognize the voice as Alan Hahn, with part of Barton Hahn, Monday through Friday's noon to three here on 98.7 ESPN, hardesty on a Sunday until two. But Alan, great, great analysis. But in Golden State's case, don't you have equity? Because you've got titles. If you don't have titles, Alan, I don't know that you, no, you have that point. equity. It's a great, it, that's the great point is, of course, they had it built in so you could just, you know, you can understand it. You could say, well, they just, you know, they're just coming off a bunch of titles that hurt. You know, you could see it. That's why when you have your culture set, you can believe in it. You know, like, I, I guess maybe I was talking more about the Lakers than I was the Knicks. Mm-hmm. When you see what the Lakers, you know, what they did in getting greedy, you know, they had the 20, you know, the bubble championship. You had something good there. You had, you know, Vogel knows what he's doing, clearly. And it just felt like that move for Russ was not necessary. Yeah. Uh, you traded away a bunch of pieces that were a key part of your championship. Just because 21 didn't go your way. Like, it just, that just felt like such a bizarre move to make. And what did it result in? Well, now you got to get rid of the coach. You still got to figure out the roster. There's all kinds of turmoil in that, in that organization. It's, you know, like sometimes you just get too greedy, you do too much. And so I look at them, and that, that's what I say. That. Like Miami. What does Miami do now, Larry? Yeah, they, really. Like, do the Heat just, like, say, oh, well, we got to blow this thing up because no. it's not – we don't have enough to win a championship. No, I don't think it's that. Is it a piece? Is it two pieces? Whatever it is. Or is it just learning from it and going forward? You know, that, that's the stuff you learn. The Brooklyn Nets, the same kind of thing. What do they do? Do they – does it get – do you panic – or do you just understand that you went through something last year that was a disaster on many levels, mostly blamed on Kyrie, and come back this year with the understanding that that's not going to happen. We're, we're, not go- we're not doing that this year. And just you get healthy. You, you get a couple of pieces back that you didn't have last year, and you're healthy. You learn from last year, a little bit of motivation, and you know away you go because you should be a championship team. Or do you just panic – and now you got to get rid of Steve Nash, and you got to no way you can sign Kyrie. Uh, you know, sometimes you do too much when you panic. And and for the Knicks, I mean, they made the playoffs, they didn't play well in the playoffs, and they kind of panicked. Mm. Right? What they do? Mm-hmm. They changed yeah. who they were. Yeah. They went out and got pieces that didn't make sense. I mean, Kevin Walker never made sense. Yeah. And and what happened? It messed up everything. Then you had a, a half the year where Tibbs is fighting with everybody about this is who we are instead of this is who you're trying to make us. So, you know, that's what I mean. It can send you into a bit of a tailspin if you overreact to things. Yeah, and, you know, both local teams have some things to think about. You're you're absolutely right. And the situation with Kyrie, but not even Kyrie. What do you do with Ben Simmons? Is he ever going to be healthy? Well, you know, you traded for him. He's got to play. Yeah, oh, there's no question. He's eventually going to play. Kyrie's the bigger story. Yep. Is does he does he agree to a contract that you're comfortable giving him versus him saying I'm not signing it and then 
are you strong enough to look back at him and say, well, then go sign somewhere else. See who else is going to give you guaranteed money because I don't think there's a big market of anyone willing to give him a fully guaranteed four-year deal. Can't do it. No. Of can't course you it. can't. No way. No, there's no way. There's, you, you, that, to me, is the easiest question to answer. Do you do it? No. Well, then what? Well, you look at him and say, what are you going to do? And what does his partner say? I mean, put yourself in Kevin Durant's spot. Stood up for him all season, and then he comes out there and he's like, you know, what, what's going on, man? You left exactly. me hanging. Well, think hanging. about this. You know, James Harden like came to the Nets for mm-hmm. one reason to win and to play on a team where there's two other stars. I don't have to do all the, all the work, and then one of the stars doesn't show up, and I'm carrying the load, and we're losing games, and it's on my shoulder. This is not what I came here for. And then I'm coming here watching you, you know, getting away with not having to play and all. Like, remember, Kevin Durant and and James Harden are friends. Right, you know that. that so, him leaving. For, if you're Kevin, you're a little annoyed. Like, like we just lost this guy. Yeah. So, you know, if you think like the Kyrie thing's got people that think that if the Nets aren't going to fully invest in Kyrie, that Kevin Durant's gonna be mad and demand a trade. I don't think you're paying attention. No, that's not gonna happen. Right. Mm-mm. No, he wants to win. He's, he's yeah. he came here to win. He wants yeah. to finish the deal. More importantly, Larry. Yes. The draft's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yes, it is. It, it, do you like? Do you think the Knicks should just make a, a, the pick at eleven and just move on? I want them to like, investigate. The I want them the to East. investigate moving the the pick for something else for a veteran. I've got I'm, Alan. I've got like a lot that, of I've it? got a lot of young guys on this team. This Thank is not you. the scenario of okay. There's thirty. We need some young guys, and I love yeah. the audience. The audience, and I get it. They're your guys. You ride with them. You draft them. You identify with them. They're homegrown to you. I get mm-hmm. it. Alan, I've got a bunch of young kids on this team. All right. I need some veterans now to sprinkle in some talent. I need to upgrade to teach these young guys I need a how to win. I need a leader. I, I do need a, badly. I need, I need a Mark Messier. I yeah. need a leader. I need somebody that I could bring in here that's sort of gonna be that example setter that I think like the problem with this team is they don't like Chris Paul went to Phoenix and what happened to Phoenix? I mean, Phoenix wasn't a great team. They no. had a bunch of young guys. But Chris Paul shows up, and now all of a sudden there's a new standard. There's just an understanding of this is how we do things. This is how this is how you act, and everybody sort of just had to felt they had to live up to it, you know. And obviously, him being a brain on the court certainly helped too, because you have that smart guy, the smartest guy in the room on the floor, and he's on your team, yep. so that changes everything too. I, I'm telling you, when uh, that is the missing element more than anything. The missing element is not they need a superstar. You got to go out and get a superstar. You got to attract a superstar. The hell with that, Larry. That hasn't worked. No. What you need is is you need a bona fide leader that everyone recognizes as the guy. And we all follow his lead. He sets the tone. He sets the example. And we all follow it. And it's got to be somebody that's in lockstep with Tibbs. Really hard to find. I mean, Jimmy Butler. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's like that. Like, you got to find somebody that when he walks in the locker room, all of a sudden, everybody, your shoulders are up. And the, the, you know, you walk into any gym and people are like, all right, no, that, you got to worry about that squad. Yep. And anybody that says that's what Julius Randle's supposed to be, it's that's not, not who he is. No, that's not who he ever was. Nope. He will never be that. He tried to. It's just not who he is. And you can't force someone to be that if he's not that. Well, what are you paying him for? I'm paying him to give me 20 and 10. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm paying him for. And that's what he's doing. So I, I just am wondering how do they get there? And it's not going to be – you're not getting that guy in the draft. No. S- especially at 11. No. Could you get it at four? Yes. Four is available. The Kings don't the, – the, 
The Kings know what they are, and there's a they can't get another scoring guard at four. They've they've had a million of them. Mm-hmm. So if you can get Jaden Ivey, I mean, I'm, what's the asking price? What do I have to give up to get the four? Anything but R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. Anything but R.J. Barrett. Uh, last thing, did you see this rumor on Twitter about uh, who was it? It was Toppin and uh, IQ and what now? Two other. Oh, I can't think of who. What well, went to the Rangers game? No, no, no. Trade. Um, for what? For Mitchell and. Oh, oh, just a jazz thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. buy into any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. No, that. The, the Donovan Mitchell, first of all, as I've said many times, your biggest concern is the Miami Heat willing to make a move there. They have mm-hmm. way more to offer. Yep. That's what I would worry about. I've always said, watch Pat Riley. He's going to screw the Knicks again. I'm telling you, I've, I've warned people about this. I've warned people about this for a month and a half now. I said it on Get Up two weeks ago. Like, that's that's what I worry about. you got to watch that. Because he does fit every – he fits their culture. He'd be, he'd be perfect there with Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. in the backcourt. be perfect. Yep. That's right. And I know, you know, like, they're, the, Quinn Snyder's not long for there. They're going to make a change. Things are going to change. And if you're the Jazz, you do something before the draft because you want lottery picks. You want draft picks. You want to figure it out. For the Knicks to get involved in that, it's going to cost you. It's going to hurt to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell. It's not going to be, oh, you know, Mitchell Robinson and the 11th pick. That's not getting it done. Mm-mm, no. And no, if no. you tell me, well, about Julius Randle, come on. Like, again, you're not paying attention. The Jazz aren't trading Donovan Mitchell so they can become competitive. They'd be trading him so that they can, like, reset because they're going to have a new coach and they want some draft picks and they know we've got to reset the bar here because, look, the Golden State's back. Dallas is going to be a juggernaut. Denver's going to be tough next year. Memphis is a juggernaut. Minnesota's better. Like, they realize where they're at right now. They, they've kind of hit their ceiling. They're going to have to go through what Portland's going through mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So that's why the picks are going to matter. Something has to happen before the draft. If it doesn't, I don't expect Donovan Mitchell to be moved. Um, I'm missing the Dame Lillard talk. <laughs> yeah, I think we let go of that. Yeah, we have to. It's not yeah. happening. We've let go of that. Donovan. Hey, we, you didn't mention Zion yet. No, I didn't. You saw Wind, Brian Windhorst reported that it sounds like because the, the Saints owners, the Bensons, the Saints also own the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. And it's the same mentality they're going to have a football NFL type contract offer to Zion, which is not fully guaranteed. With a lot of different incentives, so sure. like games played and stuff that will make it more guaranteed. And I know Embiid did that uh, early in his career when he was going through injuries and stuff. But if I'm Zion, I'm the number one pick in the draft. No, no way in hell I'm signing that contract. No. Mm-mm. Nope. And that, 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 uh, I got my eye on that one too. Yeah, I know you do. This is the type of information you hear. Barton oh. Hahn every day, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday. I'm trying to give you a day off. Monday through Friday. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he's even in a better mood now because his Yankees are just outstanding. The pitching's great. Everything's rolling. Best team in baseball right now. Oh, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that, that this is a sign of, uh, of the type of season this could be. Absolutely. Cautiously well, enjoy optimistic. It, my uh, so am I as a Met fan. Cautiously optimistic. Yes. Cautiously. Because I know was something's fun. coming. Could it, it happen was. again? Another, another Subway was. series, Larry. Yeah. Hopefully a different result. <laughs> that's where we'll disagree i'll talk to you soon my friend <laughs> you enjoy the games all the best all right bye-bye alan hot this is the larry hardesty show on 98.7 espn